Welcome to the Zone Podcast. I'm Liam Ford. And I'm Paolo Benetton. And Paolo, we have a super interesting guest again this morning, Dr. Rachel McInnes, who has a PhD in organizational psychology. She certainly breaks the mold of organizational psychologists, and, and uh, you're going to hear some some really interesting approaches, some really interesting depth, but you're really going to get the personality of Rachel and understanding why the self-expression is so, so important to be yourself. I have no clue how we went from, you know, building your own home office in your garden in the first pandemic or in the first lockdown to, you know, a cave man or a cave woman opening my fridge and eating all my food. So I have no clue, but somehow we got there. <laughs> and it's a really interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, but, So I hope you enjoy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn all about this thing called number eight wire mentality. And so, uh, you know, if you're listening, it's super fun. Uh, so let's get started. Hey, Rachel, welcome to The Zone podcast. Really, really great to have you here. And we were having a really interesting conversation before the podcast. We were talking about this tin shed and the DIY. I mean, (laughs) tell us about that. So you're a psychologist who's actually pretty handy. I do like a bit of DIY. I like to break some of the gender barriers. I get very grumpy when I see the Mother's Day pages and the Father's Day pages. So recently I've decided I'm swapping it out and I'm having Father's Day because there's much better things. It's all tools. So yeah, my office, my she cave, my coaching cave behind me, my mum where I learned my handiness. Actually, my dad's a builder, so he supervises, but mum's the practical one (laughs) that actually does it with me often. Uh, So just before COVID actually happened, we had this idea to convert this kind of like bunning style tin shed in the garden because I have a tiny house about 57 square meters so there was no space there and I've worked from home before COVID so we thought let's just strap it and line it with resources we have around so she came down in the truck with all the resources and we went to the dump for a window and I have this lovely cozy dry warm it's actually been warmer and drier than the house this winter so yeah that's that's my That's that's amazing that's amazing. I loved. I loved it that you got you got the window from the tip or the dump, and it was it was ten dollars. Because because I know I, I read your profile and that, and I I know you talk a lot about this number eight wire mentality. Yeah. So tell us about that, because our listeners from all around the world will be going, "What the hell's What's number eight number wire?" Eight wire? <laughs> it's a quite a thick kind of wire that's used in farming and was always used. In fact, the early settlers here in New Zealand used it for all sorts of things, fencing and farming. And we have this kind of cultural idea that Kiwis, New Zealanders, can do anything with a bit of number eight wire, like MacGyver almost. And funnily enough. My dad was always called MacGyver in the community. He was barefoot with his kind of American cowboy hat, his big beard, his bald head, and he was—he would. He could make anything from a bit of number eight wire. So it's a New Zealand thing, but it's also, for me, deep within my family culture, and it's also my approach to life. Being a generalist, I, I don't – I can – physically use a piece of wire for a lot of practical things in the workshop because I also built a a workshop like with all my tools in it and I can use number eight wire there but also it's my my approach to coaching and my approach to my clients is about 
let's see, I, I'm, I'm very evidence-based. First and foremost, what's the data? What's the science? But there's not always something there. So we take that bit of science, mm. we take that bit of wire, and we create, <laughs> co-create often with the client something together. So that's the number eight wire philosophy, I guess, in a nutshell. Ah, that's fa- that's fantastic. So it sort of all links to, you know, the, your DIY tools are also, uh, and your professional tools, they have a sort of a link, this whole link of what tools needed for the job. And, you know, do we have the tools or do we need to get something or do we need to go and find something? So, and it sounds like your dad was a bit of a character and, and I can tell by your voice that you're a bit of a character. So <laughs> tell us about something quirky about you. Like what's the Rachel behind the scenes, you know, when you're not the coach, Rachel, what's... I think. I think perhaps because uh, I do a bit of psychometric profiling as well, um, which I'm sure you do as well. And before I was trained in all the tools I use now, I was the uh, receiver. And I I noticed a bit of a tendency to get down to the shortlist and lose roles based on my personality. I now understand a lot more about that. But one uh-huh. I think that summed me up quite nicely when I was going for a job, and, and they were right, by the way, they're useful tools. When they looked at my profile and told me more about the job, I'm like, that would be terrible for me. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me before? But what the woman said in my debrief is she said, you're the kind of person that if you thought no one was looking, you might put your underwear on your head and run around the living room in it. And I just, right. there's no way I could fudge that. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And there's a comedian um, that I just was watching recently that I love that I identified with when he said he's, the kind of person that when there's a tea cosy and someone leaves the room, you put the tea cosy on your head. So very similar. There's a a mischievousness or a cheekiness about me. And yeah, so we are a family of characters, absolutely. A large, uh, close family of characters for sure. I don't actually yeah. put my underwear on my head and wander around. I'm just going to say that. But if I thought I wanted to, <laughs> nothing would stop me. You know, I wouldn't be worried yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that brings, brings me sort of around to sort of self-expression and, and, you know, we were talking also before uh, the podcast about, you know, how COVID's impacting people and, you know, and this whole self-expression and people are a little bit worried, what do I do now? What's the new normal? Tell us about, is, are you finding any of that in working with your, with your clients? Yeah, I'm definitely finding... Well, a range of things. Some people are actually loving this environment because they're closer to their family, because it's easier to do their exercise. So there's a mixed bag. But in general, the sense of future uncertainty, you know, as humans, we know, we know, I, I do a lot with acceptance and commitment therapy. And the approach there is that life is hard, life is suffering, and this awareness of our mortality is traumatic. And you can't just think it away. Really, the goal is to live a you know, a, a life of meaning and purpose despite that trauma. Now, that was hard pre-COVID, right. but now that future uncertainty, that trauma of being human is raising for all of us. There's so many layers and degrees of worry, and I'm certainly seeing it in my clients. And yes, we're seeing, as you'll be following as well, blogs and articles and even early research on it. So I think there's this level of uncertainty that makes things very difficult. But on another side, this... All this change is making people deeply reflect, and I, I work almost always with values and core values, and it's making people okay. deeply reflect, and we're seeing people quit jobs. We're seeing this great kind of – so it's so complex, and there's so much going on that it's quite hard to 
tease out for individuals and us as a as a group. And as you mentioned with self-expression, it's like who who am I in this and who am I going to be? And when I go out in the world, how do I behave now? Right down to do I hug and kiss like I used to hug and kiss? What do I do for the people I used to hug and kiss? How do I behave? So I think there's just so much complexity mm. as to what to do about it. Well, that'd be a whole nother, you know, that's a couple of bottles of wine in a long evening, I think. And Rachel, I love the fact that you 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 brought up values. And uh, here in the UK today, it's still World Values Day. It's, I know it's not for you in New Zealand anymore, but I wonder, you know, like what what is the role? How can values help with this anxiety, with this uncertainty that we're all facing right now? Yeah, a great great question. And the funny thing about values is. Everyone talks about them all the time that they almost become meaningless and then people can use them as a battering rod. Uh, and then also people confuse values with ethics and morals. And there's, you know, it, it, again, it's kind of a complex area. The, the thing I really notice about values, I think they've got a massive role, but the first thing I notice is people feel like they're clear on their values. Like they say, I know what I value. And I have a process I take people through to create their kind of values circumplex. And almost no one after they've gone through that, and I've taken probably up getting up towards a thousand people through this process, and almost none of them, when they see it at the end, when they've gone through it for hours, days or weeks in some cases, they go, oh, I thought I knew about my values. I don't. So we're all, all our mm. behaviors are driven by our values. Our values kind of drive everything. But in a weird way, very few of us can say oh, I value, you know, I value freedom, science, leadership and design. I have my value circumplex right there and I even had to look off at it <laughs> to list that out. So values role, where values roles so important is first realizing they're a bit complex and then supporting people to get clear, I think's the first bit. But when you do support people to be really clear, I notice, and I noticed it independent of the research that supports it, I notice it really helps people with courage to make big decisions. It really helps people mm. when they're stuck between major decision points, which is happening more to people now, more whether I want to lose this job. If I lose this job, what am I going to do? Do I want to stay in this career? Do I want to stay in this marriage I've been in lockdown for for so long I can't stand them breathing? You know, all of those big decisions, values are very, very important. And the other thing about values is by connecting with them and working with them, people get And particularly, I noticed that some women, I don't know why, it really improves their confidence. Because when you focus on your values, you focus on what matters most to you. And somehow that drops naturally a bit of the, what does everyone else think? It's, it doesn't do it kind of consciously, it just mm. does it as you focus. You move your focus to your own values and the judgment of others. And I almost, I've always thought about rebranding values because it's become so overused. It's become like, blah, 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 values, values, values. Yet, when I start working with people on it, it's almost always the most profound thing that we do. And that might be more than you wanted on values, but start me on values and we'll be here all day. <laughs> no, I loved it. I love it. And it's, it's really this like this internal compass, right? Like instead of like looking outwards for solutions or for answers, it's really like looking in and, you know, uh, having the courage to, to know what we want, what decision to make. Exactly. Yeah, well, thanks thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, you know, the uh, as you'd know, I mean, the uh, root word for values is valor, which means strength. 
And so I can understand why understanding and knowing your values gives you courage and confidence because it's, that's like that, that makes you strong, even yes. if you have to make difficult, you know, calls, right? So tell us about your work. I mean, you've got a, a PhD, you're a doctor in organizational psychology. And, and, and so what does that mean to people? I mean, you know, well, what, it do, means, what do you actually it, do? And Well, what it means is when I first was finishing and I uh, had been out of the country, so my business was closed at that point that I started in 2003, what it first meant is I couldn't, as a sudden single parent back in 2018 with no income, it meant I couldn't get a job because I was overqualified. Uh, I even in one instance got laughed at. So one application I put in, the, the woman phoned back. She's like, hi, <laughs> just ringing about your app. Like, you're not getting the job. <laughs> you are so overqualified. <laughs> True story. Wow. Um, so I'm not really a pin-up for further education in that way. But in a way, you know, things happen. And and I, I'm kind of pleased now because it, it redirected me back to, uh, you know, working for myself. So what I do or my my work now is I call myself the evidence-based coach because I've had such a diverse kind of background and the PhD did a lot for me, but the main thing it did is remind me, it made me become back in love with science and in love with the scientific method. So Mm. where I'm at now, after I've done everything from corporate social responsibility to IT to change to project management to, you know, I've done it here and in the UK and Australia, I've done it. And now I'm at a point of... Let's bring all that together. Let's kind of creatively kind of synthesize it. So now I do, now I call myself the evidence-based coach and I love that (laughs) because it's what I do. And I work with evidence-based stuff and I work with one-on-one with leaders or with, um, I do one-on-one with leaders of all gender, but I also work with women going through stress and change in small groups of one-on-one. So it's a a range of people in different places, but at the end of it, it's coaching and supporting with a range of tools for leaders or people to get where they want to go. So in that, we do habits, we do the science of habits, we do the values, we do a lot from kind of positive psychology and acceptance and commitment therapy and cognitive biases, all this stuff that if I tried to do it to leaders 20 years ago, you'd have been laughed out of town. Whole person didn't, as you know, Liam, that kind of stuff didn't exist. So now I guess I'm loving being in a place where it's all of a sudden okay to be interviewed on a podcast by some other business person talking about values and whole person and identity and all this sort of stuff. So I'm just loving being able to look back at the last, my whole life, the last 20 years and hundreds of years of research and bring together the tools and, and, you know, try them and work with people. So that's, I think I've got sidetracked there and forget the question, but that's what I'm doing now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you answered it very well. So just, just for the listeners, evidence-based means that you're basing it on real hard facts. Is is that, have I got it right? Yeah, yeah. So basically it means based on data, not based on, I say I don't do crystals and moonbeams. I love crystals and moonbeams, um, but I don't kind of bring them into my practice. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but um, I, a lot of my identities around kind of being the antithesis to Gwyneth Paltrow. So I never, ever, ever tell anyone they should put a jade egg up their hoo-ha or manifest anything uh, by just thinking about it. So there's this huge movement, a huge movement of based on pseudoscience, based on fake science, and really often targeting women and often targeting quite educated mm. women. And it's this idea that you can manifest what you want or or try this great thing or, you know, crystals, moonbeams, jade eggs up your hoo-ha. And a lot of this is 
some of it's harmless, some of it's even fun, some of it I even play with in my spare time, but some of it can actually be mm. very dangerous, physically dangerous and mentally dangerous, particularly when you get into the toxic right. positivity. Oh, go on, just manifest everything perfect. So if you've got someone with undiagnosed, say, depression, anxiety, and Instagram and the coach they're paying is telling them just to manifest, now they're also a failure. Now they feel worse. Right. So when I watched all that go on, and I, for the first while in PhD and graduating, I watched it quite uncomfortably, and I went through quite a journey, like feeling all of a sudden like I'm unfashionable, where all my a lot of my very educated friends were going further from science while I was falling back in love with it. I was kind of the, the leper at parties at, in a way. Uh, so mm. after really reflecting on that and trying to gently encourage people that I can, you know, I can support you in coaching in a different way, with some coaching myself, I've decided to lean into it a bit harder. You know, I'm right. evidence-based. I'm based on psychology research, on data. Sometimes there's no tool or sometimes the tool doesn't work and we get creative and that's fine. But we still use the scientific method. So let's say we're working, you and I are in session, Liam, and we're working on something and I don't have a tool. We'll try something out together, but we'll then come back later and look at it. We tried that. We had this hypothesis. How did it go? You know what I mean? Right. So we And sometimes I end up, the data ends up being, I've tried this with 30 people and it worked for 20 of them. Do you want to give it a try? But it's still that same idea of, you know, what are we trying and what are we expecting from it? But another thing is using a lot of the evidence is the kind of story of evolution and using the idea of how people work to help people stop battering themselves. So we are built for right. a negativity bias. We are built to judge ourselves. And when you explain to people, actually, it's like that because of these evolutionary reasons, it can help people free from that, free from that, rather right. than piling on more toxic positivity on top of it. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, for, as you were saying from this evolutionary bias, so we're evolutionary programmed to look for the snake before we take the apple, right? So and, and so we're, we're evolutionary biased to, to, to err on the side of caution and negative and safety and security. And then our brain can get sort of habituated to that. So we start seeing the negative in everything. And I think that's that's why, you you know, that, that the gratitude practices work because they, they pull you into a, a more positive uh, biased mindset. So that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And funnily enough, some of the evidence-based stuff I use, because my PhD covered mindfulness, I've trained him a mindfulness teacher last year. So, uh, ah. and my PhD was actually on the vagus nerve, which is very trendy oh. in all the woo-woo circles. So there's an, you know, there's, and that's, I guess, how the pseudoscience works. Gratitude has great evidence behind it. Mindfulness has great evidence behind it. And it's mm. separating, you know, it's separating that and using that. But understanding and the compassion practice and the love and kindness practice is awesome as well. I did a bit of that in my PhD. And understanding that you weren't, my thing is, and I've been, doing, I've been showing pictures and I need an artist to draw it actually. I want them to draw cavemen today. But I found one of a caveman sitting at a computer and, I, and really talking to people about, you were not built for today. Imagine a caveman arriving in your house or a cavewoman arriving in your house. I actually have run a Facebook group for women called the She Cave. So I love the cave. And this I call the cave. <laughs> I so I, I'm all about the cave. Uh, but imagine a caveman or cavewoman arriving in your house and you trying to mm. tell them they don't need to eat the whole fridge. We are very, very similar or almost the same physically, mentally and biologically to that cave person. So of course we want to eat the fridge. Of course we want to open the door and check for the snake. 
It's how we are built. It's really not our fault. But for some reason, and I and there's a lot, social media's got a lot to answer for here, uh, and particularly for women, we start expecting that we should be perfect at this, that we should be, we right. shouldn't be negative and we should be positive and we should be, and we should be able to just look at the fridge and not eat it, despite that all of our being is saying, eat the fridge, it might not be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The many shoes. <laughs> so, Rachel, so what would be like a, a evidence-based message or learning that you'd like to give to, you know, like to share with everyone who's listening today? I think actually that one that I sort of talked about there is the most important one is, is and that Liam was talking about as well, is to me understanding that a lot of your painful thoughts and feelings are not your fault you were, regardless of what happened, regardless of what's happened to you, I mean, sure, if you're having difficult thoughts and feelings because every day you go and punch the neighbour in the face, that's potentially your fault. But the majority for most of us of the difficult thoughts and feelings that we experience is because of how we're built, because we're not mm. built for this world. And the other one, similar to that, that where it really plays out, this understanding that it's not your fault, is what uh, I like to call, I think I actually stole it from someone, I can't remember who, but the vicious cycle of habit failure. So we think we're going to change our habits with willpower and willpower doesn't work and we get all enthusiastic and we buy all the gear and off we go and then it fails and then we feel bad and then we gain weight or it becomes new year or the doctor tells us our stats are wrong and we we start again but in that we blame ourselves oh i'm no good at this i'm weak i'm useless i'm fat i'm da, 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 da. when actually we mm -hmm. tried to change our habits without the evidence base we tried to change them based on willpower and watching some instagram posts and it doesn't work what we actually mm -hmm. should do is say read something like Atomic Habits or Wendy Woods, uh, Professor Wendy Woods, Good Habits, Bad Habits, and actually find some science, understand the models and hack, plug that in, try to use that evidence base. And then when or if a habit fails, go, ah, I didn't design it quite right. Let's try something else. Let's be curious. Let's watch the data mm. and see what happens. The other thing I think that's really important about the evidence base is those difficult thoughts and feelings, you can't stop them. They come. They come. All you've got is what you kind of do with them. So I never work with clients on trying to remove them. I work with them on creating tools and a sense of flexibility and openness and acceptance and mindfulness. Can we, can we um, get a bit of distance? Can we get a bit of comfort? Can we start having those thoughts and feelings like they're the radio in the background rather than they're like this and we can't, you know, right up in your face. I've got my hands right up in my face rather than being right up in your face so you can't run your life. So, yeah. Wow. And what a great message. What a great message. So, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, really, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. And how do people get in touch with you then? So, you know, we've got a lot of listeners. I mean, I'm sure they'll find your approach amazing. And there's a lot of people out there that are going, yeah, I don't want the woo-woo. I've tried the woo-woo. And it was fun. As you say, it's fun. It's a bit of, it's a bit of entertainment, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily work for them how do they get in touch with you and uh you know tell us a bit about your website your linkedin profile or how, how do people get in touch with you okay great um i guess I'd, lo i'd love to hear from people particularly in that group you're talking about that tried woo woo whether it's in leadership because woo woo's in the corporate space as well whether it's in leadership or in life I, i've dropped the life leadership coach to some extent because 
It's coaching. You know, it's coaching. Right. But you can find me at drrachelm.com is the website. I'm also reasonably active on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rachel McInnes. And on Facebook, if you go, if you look for, actually, if it's the She Cave, but it's called the She Cave Retreat because the name was taken. So the She Cave is a closed group for women going through stress and change. It's just free content and chats and mindfulness and stuff. So you can find that. If you can't find it on Facebook, you can find the links on the website. So yeah. Wow, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we've learnt a lot. <laughs> we've had some fun too. Your energy is very <laughs> contagious. I can see, I can see that uh, that craziness, and I don't think I'll ever take the image of running around the house with the underwear on the head. But I might try it. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should. Or the tea cozy. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's been an absolute delight to connect with like minds. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. Hey, Liam, what a fun conversation, but also so informative. You know, like I really, I really resonate with what you said that, you know, physiologically and mentally, we're not really built for the times that we live in, you know, for all this tech that exists in our world today. But, you know, that we, we there are tools that we can use, like mindfulness and values and gratitudes that can really help us, you know, like uh, deal with everything that we, it's going on in the world today and in our minds today. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it really interesting in her analogy of the caveman or cavewoman living in the, in the 21st century and having all those same feelings that you might get that are triggered that, that are really based, based on our biology, our physiology, our biochemistry, our, our neuro, neurochemistry, and that a lot of the times we're trying to fight that versus flow with it and you know use use tools and to stop judging ourselves i mean that's that's so so important in today's world because it's really easy to to judge ourselves as not being good enough not being perfect you know uh, with all that social media but in actual fact that's a recipe that's that's not helpful so it was really really helpful for everyone out there and and she has her own teenager and and you know uh, mm-hmm. I know that's a, a message for a lot of a lot of parents as well that what what teenagers might be going through. So it was so so valuable. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rachel. And I don't know about you, Carla, but I love the piece around understanding your values gives you courage and and confidence, and you know just ele- mm. elevates your mood. And you know I I know mm-hmm. for myself when when yeah. my mood's elevated, everything goes better. Yeah, and and also how it really helps, you know, like to make the right choices and, you know, like don't have no regrets. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to look up this She Cave Retreat because uh, I'm really curious to, to, to learn more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get hold of Rachel on her website and uh, through LinkedIn or through her, her, her She Cave on Facebook. And, you know, uh, it's going to be... I know it's going to be super, super helpful. Hmm. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know where to find us in www.thezone.co or get in touch with Liam Ford or Paula Benetton on LinkedIn. We're the only ones with our names 
who work for The Zone Global on LinkedIn. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. Thank you so much and ciao for now. Yeah, ciao for now and enjoy, enjoy your day wherever you are in the world. <laughs>